0: Well, it's good to be able to share with you again this morning as we continue in our series, as we look at God's story and our story and all that that means. And if you've got a Bible with you, I invite you to open up your Bibles to the book of Ruth. Um, you go Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, um, Joshua, Judges, then Ruth. Uh, you, Open up, whether you're old school and you've got your paper Bible or whether you're new school and you've got your app or whatever it is on your phone, whichever way um, that it works best for you. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like to have one, have a chat to Mattarite. We would love to be able to uh, make sure that uh, we can get you a Bible that is suitable and appropriate for you. Ruth um, is a Moabite, so that means that she's not Jewish. And she was a, a widow who found a home in the narrative of God's love, and the um, geneal- genealogical, yeah, genealogical records of not just being of King David, but also ultimately as a part of the ancestral line of the Savior. And we're going to take some time to look at a little story today. But before we dive into it, let's take a moment to pray. Jesus, we thank you that we do have the opportunity to be able to come before you today. Thank you for all that has gone. We know Holy Spirit that you speak in a variety of ways and we invite you even in this time as we open up the word that was inspired by you that you would also today through the story of Ruth and how you have been a part and how you also are part of our story. Um, Romans 12, Paul um, also wrote to the, the church in Rome and in that he talks about, "'Don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind.'" Um, and, and it's a, a transformation and a renewing that takes place, not only of our mind, but uh, of, of something that happens internally, but also should translate into what happens for us externally as well. And I can't help but wonder how significant an influence Naomi must have had in Ruth's life that Ruth would no longer conform to the cultures of her day but go through a personal renewal because of such a significant relationship. Now I'm not sure how you got on with your in-laws or how you get on with your in-laws. Some of us have some challenging in-laws um, so, and they might be your parents that are challenging for your spouse um, or some of us have fantastic in-laws. I've got to, be, I've got to say I have got uh, really good in-laws. That's not because they sometimes listen to the podcast that I'm saying this um, but I, I actually really do and we're, uh, there, it's like an extension of our own home to be able to go there and they now make me feel... When I was dating Mary, they didn't make me feel some uh, because I was dating their, their little girl uh, but I think... Uh, over a period of time. I'm not sure whether I won them over or wore them down. Um, one of the two. Um, but there is this significant relationship that happens in the life of Ruth with her mother in law, Naomi. A relationship that would help Ruth to find a new home, both physically and also spiritually. Think about that just for a moment. Ruth was so renewed through the life of another that she, a Moabite widow, found a new home being grafted into the ancestral record. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, we read these words, Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Obed, was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of King David. In other words, King David's great-grandmother was Ruth. A few hundred years before the birth of David, in a time of the judges, lived a woman called Ruth. Now, Ruth lived in Moab. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about the Moabites and how they were raiding um, the the Israelites and stealing from them, that sort of stuff. So it was an on again, off again family feud sort of a thing that was happening. And, and we read a little bit about some of the the better times that they had with the Moabites. And Ruth lived in Moab, on the east side of the Dead Sea. Now, Ruth could have lived and died without any of us ever knowing that she existed. But due to famine in Judah, a family who for generations had called their home Bethlehem, faced the choice of staying there to starve or leave their inheritance and move to Moab, a foreign country on the east side of So, Elimelech, his wife Naomi... And their two boys, Mahilon and Kilion, packed what they could and moved to a foreign land. And we pick up the story in Ruth chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. Then Elimelech died and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Oprah, not Oprah, um, Oprah. Uh, and the other uh, woman named Ruth. About 10 years later, both Mahlon and Kilion died. This left Naomi alone, without her. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord, Yahweh God, had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living and they took the road that would lead them back. But on the way, Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, go back to your mothers and may the Lord Yahweh God reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to men. May Yahweh God bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye and they all brought no, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, can I still give birth to other sons who would grow up to, uh, to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course Things are far more bitter for me than for you because Yahweh God himself has raised his... And again they wept together and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you will go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. Punish me if I allow anything but... When Naomi saw... As the story plays out over the following chapters, Ruth settles in Bethlehem and in the coming months, she meets Boaz. And over time, Ruth, obviously a bit of a go-getter, proposes to Boaz that they get married. Boaz, after sorting out some legal issues, marries Ruth and as a couple they are blessed with a child They name, the father of Jesse, the grandfather of David King. And if you haven't read, can I encourage you over this, find your place, just the wonder of such a story. And as you read, I'd encourage you to, the life of a As we consider God's story in the story of humanity, there is an aspect in which we allow others their story in their life. And there's also an opportunity for us, out of love and out of a desire to see the best for others, to be mentors and encouragers through whom others... And while the story of Ruth brings out this beautiful interplay between mother-in-law, where this dynamic brings out uh, the best in the other... I believe this story has something to say, so in the few minutes that remain, let's peer over the shoulder and discover anew how being renewed can shape our life. You see, the work of renewal is to have an other focus. For Ruth, for Naomi, and for Boaz, there is an other focus that saturates their very soul. Boaz is other-focused. And it stands in direct contrast to a nearer relative to Naomi in Ruth chapter 4 verses 5 and 6 and in Ruth verses 9 and 10 where we read these words. Then Boaz told him, a closer relative to Naomi, of course your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, the Moabite woman. That way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the then I can't redeem it, the family redeemed, because it might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land, I cannot. Then Boaz said to the elders and to the crowd standing around, you are witnesses that today I have brought from Naomi all the property of Amimelech, Kilion and Ma- And with the land I have acquired Ruth, the Moabite widow, to carry on the fam- uh, Moabite widow of Mahlon, to be my wife. This way she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband and to inherit the family property here today. That is other focused. To be prepared to put your own estate at risk, to be prepared to marry a a, a a widow so that she could bear a son, to carry on not your family name, but to carry on the deceased husband's. Ruth could have stayed in Moab and written off the last 10 years and and so moved by Naomi was Ruth that rather than looking out for herself, she focused on Naomi and the relationship she had with her mother-in-law. Remember earlier we heard these words from the lips in chapter 1 verses 10, don't ask me to leave you and turn back, wherever you go I will go, wherever you live I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where, wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May Yahweh God punish me severely if I allow any but death to separate us. Boaz, other focused, other focused. Naomi, similarly mo- uh, modeled and other focus and it's evident in chapter 3. One day, Naomi said to Ruth, My daughter, it is time I found a person so that you hear along with other parts of the story. We see how Ruth, Boaz and Naomi were all It is to be other factors, to be renewed, is when we take on in chapter 2 verses 5 to 12. Then Boaz asked his who is that young woman over? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, she is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She's been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes to rest. Boaz went over, listen my, stay right here with us and gather your grain. Don't go to any other field. Stay right behind the young women working in, see which part of the field they're harvesting and then follow them. I've warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you're thirsty, help yourself. They have drawn and thanked him. What have I I'm only a foreigner. But I also know about everything that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death. I've heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to make May Yahweh God, the God of Israel, under whose you have come to take refuge a depth of humility in the way she is and was prepared to adopt another culture. And in this new culture to serve Naomi by helping to provide for her. Not only is the uh, the act of renewal an act of humility, but it's also an act of faith as well. There is something about Naomi that modeled to Ruth faithfulness. While she does not, well, the the account of Ruth doesn't say it explicitly, implicit in this is the loving care, the, the concern that Naomi In those years, Naomi longed for Ruth's best. She was a role model to Ruth, a mentor, a teacher, to encourage Ruth to be the best that she could. So when a return to what was once home was in order, Ruth had faith in that Naomi would continue to care, support and encourage Ruth, that this foreign widow called Ruth would be renewed through the continued relationship with Naomi. And it was something Ruth valued and had faith would continue to, to take place in her new I believe, Naomi's example of faithfulness is one of the reasons so open to change from the inside out by Naomi, to be changed by Naomi's influence by Naomi's. Knowing that she, Ruth willingly opened herself rather than arrogance. Ruth modeled openness to Naomi's loving care. After all, it was Naomi who instructed Ruth how to propose to Boaz. Uh, So, who influences you? And who is a role model? Today, many of us can testify to the role that others have had in our lives. For most of us, we have accepted Jesus into our life because of a renewal that has taken place in us because of what God has done And his These people that were investing in us were faithful to us and wanted to share. And imagine what it would be like, what it would be like to belong to a, ch- a church family about God's heart. For transformational living, that they that as a church they were prepared to move into prayerful. Imagine a church family renewed by other focus, by another focus, an outward focus. We journey through life with a different value, rather than what works for me. We are moved beyond our comfort and beyond our back fence, as we see inherent value of. Imagine a church family that took on a posture humility rather than being themed by arrogance or self-righteousness and what I want rather than having it at our core a desire of wanting it our own way to have at our core willingly learning and honoring others asking God imagine a church that is marked by acts of faithful living and faithful others may cut and run when the going gets tough or when they don't get what they want but to be a part of a church who will go the extra our comfort imagine a church an open an openness to literally move out in love for us, out into God's mission field the churches of christ as a movement was founded on and at its heart today is a desire to continue. we have an opportunity to think about what God might be saying to us today and as we respond, I've got just two that may not have such the two questions: like, What area or what areas does God want you? To? Is there an area, and what does God uh, or who does God want you to be faithfully in? Their? So, what renewal work does God? And then, who is God placed that He wants to be faithfully in their renewal? We're going to have some music played, and as the music through a prayer of response. Uh, there's also you can send it by text message or whatever those forms best work so there's music played and then after the music final song and in those finals in that final song I'll hop up